If you would please stand for our scripture reading today. We're reading in chapter 2, verses 8 through 20 in Luke. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them. Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring you great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those whom God pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was a baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what would happen and, the angel, and what the angel had said to them about this child. All, ha- all who had heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. You, know, you may now be seated. Hi, well, Merry Christmas again. I'm Andrea Isaacs, and my husband Jason and I, we pastor Hope City Church, and I'm so excited. So excited that we are finally in the week of Christmas where I can say Merry Christmas, and nobody can look at me crazy. It's like, it's here, and I get to say Merry Christmas. Yay! So how many of you are the, I had my presents wrapped before December 1st people? Do I have any of these people? Okay, y'all are crazy. Any of you still don't even have a Christmas present that has been purchased yet? Where are y'all at? Y'all are, yes, there's some, there's some crazy fun to wait until the last minute, right? Um, I love this, I love this. How many of you hate Christmas cookies? You're like, I hate them. Anybody? Okay, yeah, not a fan of, of the Christmas cookies, okay. How many of you would pick hot chocolate over apple cider? We're the hot chocolate drinkers. I feel like we have had so much hot chocolate, like we could float away in hot chocolate. All the things that this season um, brings about is, is lots of fun and, and joy, but it's also stressful. Anybody feeling a little bit stressed or is it just me? Yes, so often December, while it is fun and joy-filled, or at least it is supposed to be, Um, It can be quite chaotic. Um, And that is where I have found myself uh, this year in particular with December and a lot of life over the last two years that has looked really crazy, um, maybe has started to pick back up. Um, I know for me, I teach um, high school and this was our first full semester back in a really long time. And so things feel more um, stressful or chaotic in that regard. Um, Our kids are more involved in in sports and and different events. And um, I, you know, am one of those crazy moms who's like, and we're going to do something every single day, the month of December. Who are those people? Where am I, where am I like super ambitious? Like we're going to have a craft every day. We're going to sing a song every day. We're going to watch a Christmas movie every day. Anybody? Good. Y'all are so smart. Uh, you even, even, you know, just the simple things like moving the elf around can be crazy. It's just crazy. And so I have found myself wondering if any of the rest of you are feeling maybe just a little lackluster this Christmas. Maybe some of you would rather 
phone it in for some of these Christmas things. Like, will they really actually notice if I put the present in a bag instead of wrap it? Anybody? You're like, well, can I get a, can I phone this one in? Do I have to wrap the presents? Oh, maybe I have been wondering if some of you have said yes to events and parties that you really didn't want to say yes to. Come on, you can admit it. Safe place right here. Anybody? Yeah? Couple of us? Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling that. I have been wondering if maybe some of us have spent more time uh, correcting our kids and how they decorate the Christmas cookies or wrap the presents or uh, do the things. Anybody? You're like, this isn't how I envisioned it. You're like, this. we were supposed to cut snowflakes. We were supposed to make reindeer food or whatever the craft was. And you're like, it's not going according to plan, right? Maybe for some of us, the things that have, have caused uh, this season to be stressful or sad or heavy, uh, maybe it's, it's not in the silly things, um, but maybe it is a little bit more serious. Maybe you, I, I have wondered if some of you have lost a loved one, um, maybe around this time of year, or Christmas just doesn't hold the same kind of things that you remember. And that can be incredibly hard. That can be just incredibly um, challenging. I wonder if maybe you, like me, um, if some of us have lost a little bit of the Christmas wonder. Anybody with me today? Maybe for some of us, um, the event that changed humanity forever, that is supposed to be full of wonder and mystery. Um, It's supposed to be the good news. If maybe for some of us, um, it, it has felt a little lackluster. My prayer, my prayer for myself, my prayer for us has been that there would be some moments in the next couple of moments, couple of days, this week, some point in the Christmas season where you feel and experience Jesus, where you encounter the greatest gift that has ever been given. Um, I, I love the Christmas story, and, and so many of us are really familiar um, with the Christmas story. But there's a couple of things that I have been wondering about the Christmas story as well. Um, can we talk about the elephant in the room? Do you know what the elephant in the room is in the Christmas story? It's the fact that a 12 or 13-year-old girl is having a baby. Anybody else feel like this is the elephant in the room? Maybe it's just the fact that I now have a 13-year-old daughter, that this is really um, kind of wrecking me. And the other elephant in the room is that Mary and Joseph were betrothed to one another. Okay, this is what Matthew tells us. This is what the Bible tells us, that their marriage was an arranged marriage. I want you to wrap your head around that. That Mary and Joseph's parents were like, we have a great idea. Okay, Uh, you have kids that are similar to my kids' ages. You know what? Let's just marry them off. Like, let's just do, isn't this how this would go? And I remember being a kid, a teenager, a middle school girl myself, and thinking, why in the world would anybody agree to this? And now I'm like, why in the world are we not still doing that? (laughs) This sounds fantastic. I don't know how my daughter Sadie would feel about it, but man, imagine, imagine if right now, as a 12, 13-year-old, if Jason and I could already be like, oh, you have a son that is my daughter's age. Let's just go ahead and seal this thing up. And that is how their cultural custom was. That in Jewish tradition, families would come to an arrangement, an agreement, 
Really, it was a contract, right? And um, the parents were the ones calling all of the shots. And Mary and Joseph, um, to honor their families, just had to go along with it. Um, But I think something that is so interesting in this scenario is that we think as humans that if we had more assurance about our futures, that we would have more peace of mind. Here's what I mean. Mary and Joseph knew, Mary knew at 12 years old who she was going to be married to, right? She didn't have to guess. She didn't have to hope that she would meet a a young man. She didn't have to question if she would um, spend the rest of her life single or if uh, a a guy would be into her. Like all of that was pre-decided for them. I think that is really, really fascinating. And not only, not only, did they have this kind of um, agreement? But Mary and Joseph, individually, I don't know if you know this or not, but were both visited by angels. Okay, separately, they were visited by angels before they got married. An angel came to Joseph, an angel came to Mary and was like, hey, listen, I have a plan or God has a plan and I'm gonna tell you what that plan is. How many of us think that if God showed up in some kind of manifestation like an angel and said, I'm going to tell you everything that your entire life is going to hold and look like, that we would have this assumption that we would have greater peace of mind. Anybody else? You're like, yeah, go ahead. Just lay the plan out for me and I'm, I'm on board. Mary had more clarity than any other generation of Israelite before her, prior to her, right? This angel gives her the full plan, tells Mary what to name the baby, tells Mary what to expect and how this thing is gonna happen and why it's happening and all of this information. And guess what her response was? The Bible tells us that Mary was troubled. Mary was troubled. She was not like, this is fantastic. Great. I don't have to worry about anything. I already know who I'm marrying. I already know that I'm going to have a bed. Like I've got it all like locked up, ready to go. All right. Come on. No, her response was so incredibly human. Her response is very similar to, I imagine, how so many of us feel at different times in our lives when we have kind of the scope of things laid out before us. It was troubled. What is it in this season of life and your current personal circumstances that has you troubled? What is it? that has been rolling around inside of your heart, inside of your mind, that maybe just isn't kind of giving you the peace that you thought you would have by now, that you were sure you were going to experience by now. I think we find ourselves so incredibly similar to Mary and Joseph that they were still full of lots and lots of questions. There was just enough light, just enough information, just enough of the pieces, but there were still a lot of gaps. Mary had questions. She had all kinds of questions. The Bible tells us that she wanted to know, God, how? How are you going to do this? Has anybody ever wondered that question before? How? How, Lord? 
How are you going to do this? Yes, God, I know that you promised in your word that you would fill in the blank. Yes, God, I know, I understand. I I know that you told me in your word that you would fill in the blank. But we still wrestle. We still struggle and find ourselves wondering all kinds of questions. How, how, how will this be? How are you going to accomplish this? How is this going to work? How am I going to do this? In fact, if we really want to use our imaginations and get ourselves right into Mary's position or Joseph's position, whichever one you connect with more, I would be wondering, but Lord, I'm 13 years old and I haven't been with a man and you're telling me that I'm going to have a baby. How is this going to look? That's what I would be wondering. If I were Mary, even if an angel showed up and told me all of this information, I would be wondering, I would be asking questions like, okay, so um, you want Joseph to raise a son that's not his. You want my family to be okay with this. You want me to be like socially accepted. Like, God, I don't know how this is going to work. Full of questions. Joseph had questions too. Joseph was full of questions. Joseph was like, wait, wait, what? You want me to what? The Bible tells us that he was actually trying to secretly like kind of end the thing, right? Um, He was trying to quietly, secretly not have to marry her anymore. Kind of like separate himself from what he perceived was going to be a massive scandal. I want you to consider that. Thinking about how this is actually socially going to play out. And I think for so many of us, there are scenarios in our own lives where we wonder what the public appearance is going to be. God tells us or asks us to do something big and we're like, but what is my mom gonna say about that? You wanna move where and go do ministry where? Oh man, I've walked it out, I've lived it. Wait a second, you, wanna, uh, you don't wanna finish college, you wanna go do what? Right, public opinion and perception because, becomes something that we are fearful about. But listen, you can wonder all kinds of things and still be used by God. Our questions, our concerns, our uncertainty, they don't hinder us from being used by God. And I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for that. Maybe for you, maybe you find yourself wondering, God, are my kids ever going to be saved? Are they ever going to love you? Lord, what are other people going to think when they find out what's going on? God, I wonder, I wonder how you're going to handle this, Lord. God, I wonder, does my life really matter? Do the choices that I make actually make a difference? Maybe some of you are quite literally wondering, who am I going to marry? I wonder if I will get married. I wonder if I'll be single forever. I wonder. Maybe for some of us today, we're wondering, is 2022 gonna look any better than 2021? Than 2020? Man, I wonder. I wonder if I'll be enough. I wonder how I'm going to make this work. I wonder if God has a plan. I wonder... If God is mad at me, I wonder if God is pleased with me. I wonder, I wonder. I see myself in Mary. I see myself in Joseph, two people who are full 
of questions and wondering. Two ordinary people who God invited into his extraordinary plan. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that God chose to do magnificent things in really, really simple, simple circumstances. But I don't just see myself in Mary and Joseph. I also see myself in the shepherds. We read through Luke 2. And I love this moment. I love this part because the shepherds are exactly where I feel myself relating. It's the middle of the night. I'm just trying to keep things alive, trying to figure out where we're going to eat next, right? And God shows up in the mundane, messy middle of it all. Doesn't he? Doesn't he do that in our own lives? That amidst the taking care of people, hurting people around, trying to keep people alive, just going about our day-to-day responsibilities, God can meet us in those moments. I love this. When I think about, you know, the rep, like reputation of shepherds and kind of what that job held and, and the demeanor of how they were perceived, shepherds were like the most basic common, ordinary, like blue collar kinds of workers that there would have been, right? They spend a lot of time on their own, out in a field, just taking care of some sheep. And maybe some of us feel that way, a little bit forgotten, out in a field, unseen, ordinary, common, unknown. That God sends angels, right? Not even in the middle of the day. I love that he sent them in the middle of the night. I love that even in those moments where we think that everything else is forgotten or asleep, that God can be in those moments as well. I see myself in the shepherds in the fact that they were afraid, the fact that they were terrified. Maybe there are things that you are facing and and walking out right now, and you, quite frankly, you are afraid. Just like Mary was troubled The shepherds were terrified. And I think it's so encouraging that God uses all of these people, not despite or in spite of those circumstances, but honestly, I think he does it because of those circumstances, because they represent our own humanity, right? The fact that they were struggling or that they had concerns or fears, I think it shows and points to us that God uses us as well, not only... Not only is it true that our questions don't have to keep us from being used by God, it is also true that our fears don't have to keep us from experiencing God. I have a question for you. What if, what if upon seeing this glorious angel and hearing this wonderful news, if the shepherds had just allowed their fear to paralyze them? Like what if they had just stayed in the field? Like, what if they had just been like, that was freaky. And they were so terrified that they didn't do anything about it. They just stayed there. And I think that maybe that is where some of us end up. Maybe we have a really cool God moment. Maybe God does speak to us or he reveals something to us or we experience something in a sermon or we're reading our Bible and we feel like God has shown up. And then we're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that. I'm afraid. Oh no. Just like the shepherds, right? Terrified. Their fear could have kept them from getting to Jesus. 
And so I wanna know what is it for you? What is it for us that keeps us from getting to Jesus? Maybe for some of you, it's time. I told you that I see myself in the shepherds, just kind of this like super focus intensity about keeping people alive and making sure they're fed and keeping them protected and figuring out where the next place is that we're gonna go. And I can get lost in the mundane tasks and the busyness of what I feel like is the most important thing to do. And so we miss getting to Jesus. What if the shepherds had been like, well, we, what are we gonna do with these sheep? We can't just go find the baby. We gotta take care of the sheep. We make excuses, don't we? We're like, I mean, I've gotta do all the things, Jesus. Right? What if it's our time? This, this paranoia that we don't have enough time, that we're too busy. We're so busy shepherding that we don't have time to get to Jesus. Maybe for some of us, it really is fear. We're so afraid. Well, we don't know where we're going and how are we gonna get there? And what happens when we get there? And I don't think we have enough information to make this decision. Fear, concerns, we'll talk ourselves out of it, right? That wasn't how the shepherds responded. I love their energy. I love their response. It says in verse 16, they hurried to the village. Man, I wanna have that kind of intensity in my life. Like Jesus or God shows up and he speaks and he reveals something to me. And instead of being like, well, what's the plan and how much is it gonna cost? And I don't know if this is gonna work and what are people gonna think about it? And I, we, don't have a, we don't have it all mapped out. What if our response is, Come on, we've got to get to Jesus. We've got to get there. Come on, let's hurry. Let's get there. It's our doubt. Man, we think we're, we're so proud of our cynicism. We're so like proud of our critique. I'm so smart. I figured it out. Fake news. There's not really a baby. It's a conspiracy. Right? No. What if? What if it's true. What if it's actually true? Don't let your doubt keep you from getting to Jesus. For some of us, it really is our sin. We think that our sin keeps us from getting to Jesus and we've missed the whole point. It's because of our sin that he came to begin with. Yes, you're right. You are sinful. Yes, Sin does separate us from God, but it doesn't keep us from getting to Jesus. Amen? Amen. It's the whole point of the whole thing. We will let our shame and our insecurity and our past and our sin allow us to think, I'm not the kind of person who gets to go worship Jesus. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Maybe it's our past experiences with religion that keeps us from getting to Jesus. Oh, I've been, I've already tried that. I've already, I know exactly what to expect. Not going to do it. Nope. Nope. But if we will take a step towards Jesus, man, he is there waiting. I love the fact, I love the fact that they didn't have a map or anybody who knew exactly what was going on. You know what they had? A star. <laughs> they had a star, like this much light. Like we're gonna keep on following that right there. That's how we're gonna get there. Man, we are so like 
we are needy. We, we are just so needy. We want all the information. I can't even hardly get to places with my GPS telling me where to go. Turn right. Turn right now. Turn right now. I missed it. I missed it. I missed it. That is, that is how I struggle, right? But it's kind of like at night when you're driving in your car and your headlights are shining on the street and you can't see that far in front of you, but you can see just enough. You know what I'm talking about? I feel like that's what God does. He's like, I'm going to give you just enough. I'm going to shine just enough light for you to get where you need to go. But you got to trust me. You got to trust me. So listen, I've got great news. In fact, I have the good news. Here it is. If you have lost your way, if you have felt discouraged, if you have felt unqualified or depressed, if you have felt resentment, if you have felt like canceling Christmas because nobody's happy about it, man, if you have questions or you feel overlooked or you feel ordinary or you feel unseen, you are in such good company because those are exactly the kinds of people that are major players in the entire Christmas story. God sent a baby wrapped up in human skin so that you could get to Jesus and nothing has to stand in your way. Look at verse 20, it says, the shepherds went back full of joy. They thanked God for all they had heard and seen. It happened as the angel had told them. In other words, it was true. It was true. And I cannot think of a more inspiring and encouraging message than to say it is true. All the things that you were wondering, all the ways that you wanted to know if God was real and if he could and would he, the answer is it's true. I jotted down just a couple of truths for us. Here's one of them. Jesus was sent from heaven by God and took on the form of a human baby to save all of humanity. Truth number one. And because of that truth, you don't have to be Jewish to get to Jesus. Amen. Here's something else that's true. You don't have to be a priest or a prophet or a scholar to know Jesus. It's true. You don't have to wait for angels to show up to get to Jesus. You don't even have to travel many, many miles to get to Jesus. You don't have to have any more information or any more of your questions answered to get to Jesus. Each of these truths should fill us with joy. It should fill us with joy. If you want to experience the wonder of Christmas again, here's what I want you to do. Three things that we're gonna pull straight out of the response of the shepherds that I think are a parallel for us. Number one, get to Jesus as fast as you can. Just get to him as fast as you can, whatever that looks like for you. Quite literally, it might mean, I just gotta get myself to church. I just gotta get there. 
I just got to get to church because that's where Jesus is. At least, you know, that's, we know he's everywhere, okay? God's omnipresent. But there is something about the movement forward of getting to the place where you know that Jesus is. And church is a pretty good one, right? Get to Jesus, get to Jesus. Maybe, maybe in certain moments in our lives, getting to Jesus means, um, listening to worship music in our car or, or talking to him out loud in prayer, or there are all kinds of very practical ways that this can look. But my encouragement to you is to do them. Get to Jesus, get to Jesus. What was the last place and the space where you felt like you were with Jesus? And I want you to do that. Maybe it's picking up the phone and talking to a friend who you know kind of stirs up your heart and stirs up your spirit and makes you want to live Jesus anymore. I have friends like that. I hope you do too. Call Pastor Joe. Call me. You know, talk to somebody in your growth group. Help, help yourself be encouraged in the Lord by talking to somebody who also loves the Lord. You know what I'm saying? Right? Get to Jesus. Get to Jesus. It can look a lot of different ways. But it matters because when we spend time with Jesus, there are all of these other manifestations. There are all, there's like a byproduct of us spending time with Jesus. We see it in, in step number two. We want to tell other people about Jesus. This is what happened with the shepherds. It says, all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I love that they didn't just go and experience this for themselves. They're like, well, that was cool. So glad I got to see Jesus. No, everything inside of them was like, oh my goodness, you're never gonna believe this. Guess what happened, right? That's how we should feel. That should be a manifestation, a byproduct of our time with Jesus. Guess what? I gotta tell you something. You're never gonna believe this. This is phenomenal. I've been with Jesus. I know, it's awesome right? There should be something inside of us, a response inside of us that we want to talk about Jesus, that we are stirred up and that we have experienced something powerful and real. And we want to tell others about it. If you feel like there isn't a sparkle and it's been a little lackluster and you haven't quite experienced what you had in your mind as this Christmas experience, this like unattainable, magical, whatever. Man, talk about Jesus. Get to Jesus and then talk about it. Talk about it. I love also that the scripture says that um, it filled them with astonishment. It says those who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. I love that my experience with Jesus can spill into somebody else's experience with Jesus. In the Amplified version, it actually, I love this. It says, it filled them with awe and wonder. It filled them with awe and wonder. Man, you wanna be fired up for Jesus. Let your story change somebody else's life. Whoa, everything is different after that. And that is how it's supposed to be. That is the model of Christian faith that we encounter Jesus and then we help others to encounter Jesus and they help others to encounter Jesus. That is discipleship. That is being a follower of Christ. It's supposed to just spill out of us. So I want you to get to Jesus as fast as you can. I want you to tell other people about your experience with Jesus. And then I want you to be filled with joy. That's exactly what happened to the shepherds. <laughs> they went back to their flocks. 
This is another sermon, but I love that they returned back to their jobs. Like, I love that they weren't like, let's just set up camp here at the nativity. That's a good idea. Jesus is here. We're going to camp out here. No, they went back to their lives. You can be impacted by Jesus and you don't have to live at church. You know what I'm saying? You can take that experience with you. Amen. And it says that they were praising, glorifying and praising God. I love it. They're filled with joy. They want to worship. Worship shouldn't be something that we're like, all right, okay, it's time to worship. It shouldn't be like a chore. It's a byproduct of time with Jesus. Is this making sense? Amen. Being filled with joy. Being filled with a desire to worship him. My prayer for each of us. And I'm, listen, I, I, I struggle with this. If I can just be honest with you. Yesterday was pulling this together. I'm like, where's the, I want the joy, God. I want to experience you. God, I'm struggling right now. God, be here with me. That's my prayer. We've been praying it week after week. Return to me. The joy of my salvation. That's the prayer. That's the prayer. God, be here. I don't want a Christmas without you. Be here, God, return to me. The joy of my salvation, the Christmas story is full of wonder. It is full of wonder. And it reminds us that we can be used by God and we get to experience God and we don't have to wait. He is here right now. Amen. I wanted to end our time together and and, and pray this prayer. I'm going to borrow Mary's words from Luke 1. I thought this would be appropriate as a part of our Christmas story and, and our Christmas experience, but you've got the prayer on the back of your handout. And this is straight from Luke 1. This is where Mary is really kind of recognizing like, wow, God, you are so good. And you are so faithful. And I can't think of a better way for us uh, to pray than to just model ourselves after Mary. So I'm going to pray this while the worship team is is getting ready and and getting set. I'm going to pray this prayer. And then I would invite you uh, to join me at the end where it's in bold. I'm going to pray this for us. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. You have been mindful of your humble servant. You have done great things for me. Holy is your name. Your mercy extends to those who fear you from generation to generation. You perform mighty deeds with your arm and scatter those who are proud in their thoughts. You bring down rulers from their thrones, but lift up the humble. You fill the hungry with good things, but send the greedy away empty. Pray this with me. Oh Lord, you have been merciful to me. Amen.